I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Success doesn't equal quality. Personally, I think a lot of you motherfuckers are soulless, so you buy bullshit and then soulless shit wins. And that's not bitter, dog. You just like bullshit. You live in a disposable consumer society where people aren't talented. It's this quick consume, consume, consume society. You go to a show and no one's even experiencing the show. They are documenting it, not even because they give a fuck. They just want to prove that they were there. That was Cass with her favorite quote from today's guest. I'm going to go wash her mouth out with soap. So Rude Jude is my guest today. He's the author of Hyena. And if you go to hyenagohard.com, you can buy the audio book. I strongly suggest the audio book because Jude has a unique voice and he reads the book himself. The book is crazy. It's raunchy. It's funny. It's sad. He tells his uh, white trash tales of sex and drugs and just general craziness. Um, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. But, you know, if you're into some wild journalism, uh, you're going to hear some pretty amazing essays from throughout his life and stuff he's been through. Jude is also the host of the All Out Show on Shade 45 on Sirius XM Radio. Is it still XM? I think it's just Sirius Radio. Anyway, uh, he calls himself a shock jock, and you hear him on the air getting into verbal altercations with people like Floyd Mayweather. He's, he's not afraid to speak his mind, and uh, he's not really worried about what might happen. He talks a little bit about that on the show, about getting into trouble for things he says and that just seems to be the way he lives his life good stuff though some some interesting life lessons and this interview is pretty raw jude just tells it like it is he's not really worried what you think or what i think about it so let's hear it before we do let's go into the edm.com track of the week Grab a hold of my family jewels now. No game, she don't play. Uh, see the jewelry box was expensive. No way, I don't pay. Uh, oh, fist, that's five finger discount. How's that for four play time? Huh? was a good girl. But you turn bad, like Rihanna. Don't judge you, what's an honor? Had a rough day, let me calm ya. Let's blow steam in my room, make a sauna. Uh, 
so hot. Pure go, she on top. Pussy used to be Fort Knox. Now she yelling, babe, don't stop. We bam bam like old block. Hold up. Thought you was a good girl. Thought you was a good girl. Then what happened? You was a good girl with your glasses, took him off. You porno actress, oh my god, you do gymnastics. She gon' make me pull a bad flip. Thought you was a good girl, then what happened? Thought you was a good girl. God damn, now we back at it. Going off like Jack Rabbits. So the pussy had a spell on me, black magic. She feeling from my pipe like a crack at it. That was Wasiu, W A S I U, with the track Good Girl on the Lavish channel at EDM.com. Go to EDM.com and check out all of your favorite electronic music and check out the Lavish channel for more tracks like this. You can also find Rebel Radio on iTunes by searching Rebel Radio on SoundCloud slash Rebel underscore radio. And you can get us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Now let's get into the interview with Rude Jude. Welcome, Rude Jude. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, sir. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of learning all about you. We met at one of our events, yeah, a couple months ago through uh, the homie Jackson. That's right. Your uh, Detroit family, I guess. Seems I went like... there to pick up some pills. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and then we just ran into each other. Yeah. So there. Oh, you weren't even there for the event. No, nah, I didn't give a fuck about that. I, not that that I. No, I no, just no. don't fuck it. Like I That's just, right. I didn't even know about the event. I was just yeah, like, yeah. right. I was there to get some drugs. Yeah. And then you guys were there, and then we made friends. Well, and that's why I was we like, do it. I would love to talk to you, but I want to go home and do these drugs. And then I went home. I get that a lot. Yeah. We, that's why we do it in Hollywood, because like, you know, you yeah. run into people. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh wait, now I remember having a conversation with you. Yeah. yeah. You were there with the, the other girl who's an artist. She was like super bleach blonde hair. And yeah, she was just I was chilling. I just knew her. She was. I don't want to put her in the drug fucking in the yeah, thing no, with me. No. I was. I was there solo. But getting I that, was. Like, I. I loved your uh, your voice. So I was like listening to you, and I was like, this guy is a cool vibe. I had like no idea at the time. No, get paid off that. of it. I know. Right? Ain't that some shit? Yeah. That's big. I thought. I thought it was interesting. You're from Detroit. I was like, oh, okay. This is cool. Yeah, it throws people off because I dress like this and I sound different than how I dress. But is that is that intentional? Um, I'm a grown up now, you know, yeah. like I'm a fucking adult. Right. So I had like I was I was I don't know, like a, I remember I used to get beer off of a neighbor of ours mm -hmm. and he was like 45 and he'd still be wearing like bootleg FUBU, like all yellow. <laughs> With a fucking hat cocked. <laughs> and I just remember being a teenager like, damn, this motherfucker looks ridiculous yeah. right now. So I didn't want to be that dude. I right. was just fucking, yeah. I'll go to the old man section now. You nice. know, fuck it. Yeah, I like it. It's that's very Los Feliz vibe. Yeah, it's like I'm an old hipster. Yeah, right? I like it's it. It's the old ass. We're old hipsters <laughs> go to die. Yeah, that's you good. have some words of wisdom with this get up. Dude, so, like, that's how I feel what's going to happen today. Yeah, I'm going to sprinkle y'all with knowledge. <laughs> Look like, like the system. Right? <laughs> like, hey, That's if you're going to be an anarchist, look like the fucking system. Well, I heard something you said on Howard Stern about, uh, I think some, I forget you got pulled over or something, and you're like, you're not taking advantage of your whiteness. You know what, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's totally it. We went on a date, and like, we were on La Brea. The cops saw me, and I was driving in an Altima, like a 93 Altima. I was, uh -huh. I grew up poor, so, and we, my parents never could keep their jobs long, so I was always worried about, like 
signing up for car notes and shit like that because mm-hmm. I was sure. never secure in my job. I've been in Sirius for 11 years. I just got a lease. Yeah. So like I got like a 93 bucket and I'm driving it down the street and the cop sees me and fucking turns around, does a U-turn, has me out on the side of the street. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like fucking with me. I'm clean and That's shit. That's fun on a date. Yeah, and then you go home and like, he just emasculated you in front of your right. girl. I'm super yeah, yeah. fucking mad. Right. We end up like we don't we didn't do shit. And I was like, I gotta start dressing nice. This is fucking <laughs> ridiculous. So it works so now. Now I'm just fucking I cruise. So wait, let's talk about why you're here. So so you're the host of the All Out Show. Yeah. On Shape right. Forty Five. Uh huh. And you're the author of Hyena. Yep. Which yeah. I just finished reading. It's a it's a fantastic. I guess it's a memoir of yeah. sorts essays they call it yeah. i didn't i didn't i was i called it short stories right when i've self-published it and then when the simon schuster picked it up they call it essays okay that sounds so they can charge five you get like a two dollars more. more yeah for no essay. i'm actually taking a loss with the simon schuster right? yeah, well, yeah for sure but they yeah. get more money for essays than yeah. short stories basically yeah. i get it nice. yeah they get short stories are technically fiction essays mean they're real mm. right so that shit everything in there is fucking real okay yeah yeah, it's funny. It's dope, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, just raw as raw stories yeah. that feel very, you know, it's kind of like you're laughing a little bit. You're a little bit sad. Yeah. Um, it feels, you know, just very honest. Mm-hmm. Relatable. Like yeah. And they're yeah. short, which is nice because you can, you can pop in and out, yep. you know, of the book pretty easily. I don't know how to, like, write a whole novel. So mm-hmm. I just wrote short stories and it, it actually, it, it was favorable. It, it worked out for these times. Like nobody yeah. has a super long attention span anymore. Right. So yeah. it was almost like perfect for me. Was that, um, was that your first yeah writing project? Yeah, it was my first book. It started off as a blog and I was, I'd write stories and then, um, about fucking broads that were funny and shit like that, write lists, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like, I knew my audience, mm-hmm. so I was writing what they wanted to hear, and then I started going through this breakup, and uh, I started writing about that, and the people was calling me bitches and shit, they're like, you a fucking lame, dog, tell us fuck stories, you fucking right. bitch, faggot, calling me names, Yeah. so I'm like, these mother- like I'm bleeding on this bitch. <laughs> like I'm over here bleeding. Like the good stories and the bad stories. This is my life. Yeah. Why you you a fucking lame in Ohio? Like with a wife and two kids, and she's getting fat. You don't want to fuck her no more. So you gotta live vicariously <laughs> through me. And, and now you're gonna tell me what you like and what you don't like yeah. that I'm giving you for free. I'm giving you a free sandwich. I don't care how it tastes. <laughs> Just fucking eat it. Right. So I got mad. I took that shit down. I was like, they don't value this shit. The only way you're gonna make somebody value is you gotta charge them. Yeah. So I took it down. I put also also a book is more substantial than a fucking blog. Anybody sure. can do a blog. Yeah. So I took it down and I wrote a book and it took forever and then I self-published it cuz the stories are so grimy and you really you don't really see that a ton in the bookstores anymore. Most mm-hmm. most of the contemporary authors are like fucking college people trying right. to figure it out, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Am I? Are they really gonna sign like some dude that's getting pissed on or that's doing rape sex on a pregnant lady? You know, like they're gonna be bummed out by that." So, <laughs> I, I, I put so much of my heart on that page that I couldn't. That I was just, I probably wouldn't have been able to take it if they rejected me. Right. I would have, mm-hmm. I would, it would have had me fucked up. So yeah. I was like, I got to do this on my own, right. and I did. So that's what I did. I went and, I went and did that shit on my own. 
And, uh, and now it got picked up. Right. Picked up by HBO. Yeah. Uh, I just finished the first draft of the pilot yesterday with, with a couple women that I'm working with. Nice. Yeah, I'm working with women, too, because it's so fucking heavy-handed with the sex and the drugs right. and shit uh-huh. that we, we need to soften it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you get it's me and two other dudes. It turns into, like, a frat boy project, right. you know. For sure. Yeah. And so, so, so the show's coming out on HBO. Uh yeah, you know it's it's a slow process. We yeah. we, we got to kick them the the pilot, and they give us notes. We mm-hmm. fix it up mm-hmm. and then get it back to them and go until they're happy. And then I guess casting and stuff mm-hmm. is next. And is it still is it called Hyena the show? Yeah, okay. The show's called Hyena. Nice. Is, is the book uh for doing the book was it you know healing? Yeah, it was healing? cathartic. You know what I mean? It was cathartic and it kept. You know, it you sometimes you write some shit you don't even realize what you're saying, right. and and then you might go back and read it six months later or a year later, and it just fucking hits you. You don't even realize what that sentence meant at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just writing. Yeah. So one thing I like about you know everything you're doing from the book to to the radio show. You know, it's just super honest. There's no uh, like. You know. A lot of people that have had experiences like you've had, like you keep shit to yourself. Yeah, you know? those are the smart people. You know, <laughs> those are the fucking. Well, so what? Uh, those guys can keep a fucking girlfriend, you know, because their girl doesn't have to hear about that shit. You okay. know, like it's. Yeah, there's a balance. <laughs> so what is that? What is that in you that that allows you to be that open? I just there's um. I don't know how to lie. I'm just bad at it. I had hippie parents. I never had to fucking lie. Like, right. I just, you know, I lied a bit when I was a teenager. But for the most part, I never had to lie. I'm not good at that shit. Um, I know that being honest is something that I, I, it's like a trademark of mine. And I might not get as far as maybe like, a, you know, a Ryan Seacrest. Because I know he doesn't like everything he's listening to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I know he's got to think some of these people he's talking to are fucking idiots, sure. you know? I think but, he likes it all. I, I, you know, I, I respect him, but like that's his hustle. Like his hustle is like, hey, everybody's welcome. My hustle is that shit sucks. I like this. Yeah. This is how I am. So like, yeah. because of that, it it a lot of people don't fuck with me, but the people that do fuck with me will ride with me forever. Right. Mm-hmm. When they did the when they did that fucking the the Instagram shit where they got rid of everybody's fake followers. Right. Mm-hmm. You couldn't even tell with me because right. the people that fuck with me fuck yeah. with me. It wasn't there wasn't no lies there. The people that fuck with me fuck with me. Mm-hmm. So, Do you have ever moments of self consciousness of like maybe I shouldn't put this out there? I'm not all the way honest. No, there's certain shit that I keep to myself. Right. You know, like I I can read a room. Everything that I'm saying, I know what the fuck I'm about to say. So you know? what's something that you would keep to yourself? Obviously, you're not going to tell us, but like give us a what's a. I don't know, just depending on the the climate of America and stuff like that. I just, I kind of read that shit. If I don't really feel like arguing about certain things, I don't bring it up. Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know, people get up, get, people are mad about the cops uh, beating up people and killing people. I agree, uh, but I don't think it's as racial as, as the news makes it out to be. I think right. it's police versus citizens. Also, I, I think that um, there's the lack of jobs and education is more important than 
that the police fucking people yeah. up is a symptom of mm-hmm. a lack of jobs sure. and education. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't, I don't want to get into all that. I don't give a f- like. Really, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't fucking matter. And now I gotta argue with somebody on goddamn Twitter about this shit. Yeah. Like, right. I just keep it to myself. Yeah, yeah. And like, we talk about it over dinner. Like, we solve all the world's problems over right. dinner. For sure. Eating squid. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> So you, um, but you, you definitely don't seem to be shy of argument. Uh, no. You know, I know you had a, a beef with, with Mayweather that was, Which was awesome. publicized. Yeah. Um, that so. was a weird one, man. It was buried, like, you know, it was a buried beef. Like, he was friends with 50 Cent at uh-huh. the time. So there, I was speaking, like, it was the help talking shit. So I had to really watch myself. Right. Mm. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I was. I felt like I was able to maintain my position without being disrespectful, and that's what kind of kept me in a job. Yeah. Honestly, I don't give a fuck about Floyd Mayweather one way or another. Sure. I think he's a boring fighter, and right. he's really not that good of a person. He's got all that money. He doesn't do shit with it but flash right. it. Right. It's funny that uh, you say that. I mean, I kind of feel the same way, but, you know, certainly – we see people like that in in popular culture and you see a lot of the conversation about those people and it's like for a lot of people the money is, is itself the the proof of exactly yeah broke motherfuckers respect that shit yo i get it too like money is the proof of shit mm-hmm. but like money doesn't equal quality yeah. like katie perry isn't good to me she right. just has a lot of hits like yeah. her shit is disposable right like stuff that is successful right now success doesn't equal fucking quality mm-hmm. is my is my point point. and sure. more to the point now personally i think a lot of you motherfuckers are soulless so you buy bullshit mm. and soulless shit wins right yeah yeah do you, so and that's not bitter, dog. You just like <laughs> bullshit. You live in a disposable consumer society where people aren't talented. Do you think that that's a new thing? <laughs> we might have. Is yeah. that a, is that a new thing or is it that? Um... Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. It's this quick. It's this quick. Consume, consume, consume society. You go out to the fucking, you go to, you go to a show. No one's even experiencing the show. Right. They're they're documenting it. Not even because they give a fuck. They just yeah. want to prove that they were there. Yeah, they're not gonna watch it again. They're not rocking yeah. out. Like right. go look at a show from the fucking sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Motherfuckers are going in. Yeah. You go here now, and it's just these motherfuckers like this. These little fucking drones. Yeah. Like they got no heart, dog. Yeah. I don't want to be no part. I don't want no parts of them. Okay. And. And you hear it in the music, like, I listen to, when I started doing that book, man, like, I grew up, my, my grandfather was a jazz musician. I grew up around musicians, artists, inventors. Mm-hmm. I was lucky to be around that shit. They put, like, the shit that these cats are sampling, I love rap. It, it's helped me learn about new music. But the shit that these cats are sampling, they digging a record. Right. They're digging crates. They get yeah. it. They loop it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Whatever they looped, that took thousands of hours of right. practice. This motherfucker's not going out. He's, right. His his fingers are callous. He's bleeding on the fucking tracks. He wrote seven other songs that sucked dick, and he finally got this one. Mm-hmm. And then he's got that, and, and you feel all that pain through there. And here comes some guys like, oh, I like that. I'm a fucking musician too. Boom. Right. I'm going to rap right. on it. Sure. That's cool. I like it, but it's not as good. Right. Right. They're the genesis. Like, if it wasn't for them, there wouldn't be you mm-hmm. right. for half these fucking producers. And they don't yeah. realize that. They don't recognize that. Well, I, it seems to me like, uh, you know, in the early days, 
it seems to me like there was a lot more awareness of that. Uh-huh. Right. And, you know, you know, I came up at a time when, you know, cats were sampling James Brown yep. and, and, you know, Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. And like there was a lot of reverence. They were fans of the music. Absolutely. They were fans of the fucking music. And they're yeah. like. And a lot of those guys got, you know, I, I, had, I got to interview Roger Troutman, you know, before he died. And he talked about the song he had just done with EPMD. Right. And about how they treated him like a god when they met him. And, you know, uh, but I think what happens is like a few generations into that and you're just that much more separated. There's samples of samples of right, samples. Right, exactly. On what's this? It must be Christmas. Yeah. The B&B was a month for this business. Freakers, the hardcore funk that had me shouting. Get busy, do it, rather shout. At the two knocks in your box, like bad I'm saying. Chill. Yeah, kid, that's a bust brain. And I think that's more, and I agree with you. Like, look, man, like, sampling is cool, but just respect where the fuck it's coming from, man. Like, know where the fuck it's coming from. And so you got, you know, you got your three generations in of, four generations in of of this new type of music and mm-hmm. I look man I'm like that old guy get off my fucking porch <laughs> right. I was listening to Marvin Gaye and Led Zeppelin this morning like that's what I grew that's what I was listening to this morning so like so what you what, show me what something music? that's better that y'all are dropping right now I'll listen to it like show me something better than Marvin Gaye and Led Zeppelin and I'll listen to it but you don't have that so fuck off right <laughs> you don't <laughs> so what music impacted you when you were young um, I listened to a ton of rap music. That was, I, I grew up in a in a in a factory town, mixed neighborhood, and Which like town? Pontiac, okay. Michigan. Yeah. So you see the you see the kids before me, like kids five years older than me, like white kids were listening to metal. Right. Like that was the underground music mm-hmm. for yeah. white people. Um, I don't know what black people was listening to. Probably like right. Rick James Soul. and shit. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But then when rap came along, um. <clears throat> Everybody shifted over to hip hop in my neighborhood. Everybody started listening to rap in my neighborhood, and and because that was the that was the music that was the counterculture music mm-hmm. that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up on rap, man. I grew up on Public Enemy, Kraftwerk, EPMD. Like, do you remember the first like rap record that really impacted you? Um, I. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going. It was it was just all of, it was just ubiquitous in my neighborhood. It yeah. wasn't like I wasn't like a fifteen year old white dude whose big brother went to play basketball at AAU with some black kids and they brought it to him and then right. I learned about fucking Wu Tang. That wasn't me. It right. was in my neighborhood. Whatever the fuck was out in eighty one, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was four then. Like whatever I was, whatever was out. That's what the fuck was. It wasn't like I discovered rap. It just right. was around right. us. Like when it came out, it was we were fucking with it in my neighborhood. Sure. And the cool thing for us is like growing up, I'm a I'm a Midwest dude, so we love we had, we loved fucking New York shit, but we also got all the Southern shit too. We weren't closed minded, mm-hmm. so we were listening. We got two live crew before a lot of cats. It went straight up I seventy five. We were banging UGK before fucking before they got down with Jay Z. They were mm-hmm. you know they've been out for like damn near ten years before that, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
balling G coming out hard. Like all like we grew yep. up listening to all that shit. And we got all the West Coast, Rodney O and Joe Cooley. Uh, you know, when Sir Mix a lot, Posse's on Broadway. Uh Michigan's a driving culture, so it's it was all about just having yeah. Just knocking your trunk, driving yep. around, showing out, mm-hmm. hitting the little strips. It was it was a really cool time to grow up. Mm-hmm. And then late nineties, like you would go to Detroit and they had like f- the hip hop scene was ill. You had like Slum Village, M, all these cats, all the local, all mm-hmm. the local rappers doing Binary Star, everybody doing their thing at these clubs. Mm-hmm. You you could go to like a rave with Richie Houghton and maybe they, they're flying in big DJs like Green Velvet or yeah. something. Uh, after Hours Club, mm-hmm. uh, fucking booty music shit where bitches are fucking, which ch- chicks are like uh, jitting and popping their ass. Mm-hmm. And then go see the fucking White Stripes. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was my weekend, dog. <laughs> like that was my weekend. Right. And yeah. so I, I, you know, that was a pretty cool scene to grow up in in the 90s. When I first started back in 1989, I wasn't moving keys, I was barely moving dimes. Started coming up, please recognize my face. I was paying up the law so I wouldn't catch a case. So did you ever think then that you would be working in music? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I was going to, my big plan was to be a fucking, in my 18 year old mind, I was like, I'm a white fucking male with no connections. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Well, they need fucking teachers. They need more male teachers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be a goddamn um, kindergarten teacher and fuck single moms that was my that was my whole i was like i'll give these little assholes you like, you like juice. Uh, american gun what's american no but oh, uh ryan no what's the dude from the notebook oh ryan um i don't know uh ryan gosling ryan gosling yeah play you, watch that movie all right I'm gonna I watch know. american gun it's fucking now dope. i need to see it yeah it's real though it's like real dark it's good anyway Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, I I was basically going to be American Gun. I was going to go I I was taking a couple <laughs> classes at community college. Um kind you know, like kind of not really doing shit and then mm-hmm. I ended up getting the job on Jenny Jones. Yeah. I started working for them like lightly and I couldn't live it down. Like I was known as the Jenny Jones guy right. no matter where I went. I wasn't getting any money off of these motherfuckers, sure. but I had all the notoriety. Right. And it was basically just talking shit on the show. Yeah, it was basically everything we used to do. Mm-hmm. Like we worked in kitchens, we hung out in the neighborhood, we played basketball, we would get drunk at our buddy's house. Everything we did, like just fucking around, right. I was, I got to do it on stage. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't even the best at it in my neighborhood. Like Jinx, my my homie Jinx and Tone, and uh, they were the funniest. Myron, like them cats had jokes. I was. I just, uh, I was a white guy that was able to do black humor right. on Jenny Jones, and yeah. it was just golden. Right. And nobody was doing it. Even, even like, there wasn't even a ton of black dudes doing that type of humor mm-hmm. on Jenny Jones mm-hmm. because no, they hadn't, so they hadn't like been the, laid out yet. You're like the average white band of reality show comics. That's right. 
What? Except for if the average white band came up with that shit. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. Yeah. the thing was, was like, they didn't have that before. Right. They didn't, cats watching TV now, you know, they're watching, everybody's so uh, aware of the cameras and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't like that back in the motherfucking mm-hmm. 90s, man. Right. People were super stiff. So right. for like me to come out and like cuss out the audience and then cuss yeah, this like person out. Yeah, they were like, what the hell? Like, what is this dude doing? And, right. and you know, right. so. And then that led you to, to Shave 45, right? Well, it was a long, st- it was a yeah. long fucking journey to Shave 45. But yeah, that's. that's yeah, what- you moved to L.A. Yeah. Tried to act. So did right? you. So along yeah. the way, like, did you know. So now all of a sudden you're on TV. Right? And like right. you said, you you know you're not making a lot of money, but you know you got some a little bit of fame. Yeah, but like imagine this: I'm on TV, I'm getting paid hundreds of dollars an episode. Yeah. Like, sure. and it's not steady, so you yeah. don't you don't know when your next check is. So I I'd have to keep a steady job. So, um, I was a rent a cop. I had a job wiping the strip pole, uh, wiping the poles down at All Stars on Eight Mile, which is like a hood ass strip club, mm-hmm. and like oh, I get fucking hassled by all the dope dealers. They call that me Vanilla like Ice, job. and then like oh the black st- women strippers living up to stereotypes would give me no fucking money, no tip out. So I'm like broke as fuck. And then you look, I get cu- getting cussed out by my fucking Chaldean boss, and you would look up, and I would be playing on the fucking television <laughs> on the goddamn screens. <laughs> Like this is life, really. Damn, that's crazy. I'm wiping a fucking that's pole surreal. for a dollar. Right. Yeah. And so and then I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Right. So I started stacking money. I was I was a window cleaner. Um, the the way I made most of my money was window cleaning. Um, and I got a job fucking giving out towels at the gay bar. Right. So. You know, it's an interesting like uh, dichotomy. Sorry to. I know that word. Go ahead. No, I'm not saying you don't know oh. the word. Um, but like, because uh, on the one hand you're on TV, and you know that might make you feel a certain kind of way inside, right? To yeah, man, something. I was getting pussy. I was That's like pulling bad chicks, all of this shit, and then I right. go home. I can't. I I can't. I'm can't keep up with child support. Yeah. Uh, because I got a kid because yeah. that's what you do in my neighborhood you have teen yeah. pregnancies or sure. get arrested like that's kind of the deal so I got a kid um so does that uh how do so what am I asking what does that do inside fucks you up yeah. you know like you're it's you can't go anywhere you don't have you have all this notoriety but you don't have any of the fucking money mm-hmm. that that protects you you mm-hmm. know like or that you know I was I, right. I was driving a fucking Hyundai dude and mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I my I had the, my girlfriend at the time was dancing upstairs at the fucking bar. They're like, "Hey, she's like, "Hey man, you know, they're looking for somebody downstairs. It's 12 an hour plus tips. 12 an hour plus tips in fucking 99." I'm like, "Shit, sign me right. up. Take right. it. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. Let me get it." Yeah. Like right. I'm from a hippie household. I'm like, I'm fucking liberal. I don't give a fuck if right. I'm around gay dudes or not. Right. <laughs> By the end, I was like, get the fucking gay dudes away from me. They right. were so catty about the goddamn soap, dog. Like, oh, my uh, God, that's crazy. They'd only use fa, F-A, <laughs> fa soap. And, like, if you brought, like, a cheap kind of bubble gum, they talk shit to you, man. Oh, like, right. so I had to get all the fancy bubble gums and shit. That's right. But I caked up. They was good tippers. Yeah. The gays and the Arabs yeah, fucking tip the shit out of me, yeah, man. That's what we hear. The Indians, not so much. So then, um, you know, with through all that, like, at what point did you realize that you could do radio? 
you know what? Like I was doing, I did a college radio show. We weren't even in the college, but some yeah. somehow they had like this loophole. Yeah. Like, like you don't have to be a student to do a radio yeah. show. I was doing a college radio show with my homeboy Don't, and it was kind of like the precursor to the All Out show, and it was just mm. us talking shit. And the fun, the funny thing was, was like I had a, we used to try to get girls for money all the time. Mm -hmm. So like you fuck a girl and then try to get like some shoes out of her, and then mm -hmm. you come around and be like, you see my shoes? I got them off of this girl. No. Like it's all or like right. My boy Steve was the best at it. He was always like, he just was, he looked kind of like a bootleg Tupac and he was just running through these country ass white girls with money. So like he, he'd roll up in fucking Camaros and shit. Yeah. Just fucking all these country white girls to piss off their dads. Just, he was crushing. Yeah. So it was really hard to compete with him. But like I'd get, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had landed this one little rich black chick and I was trying to get her to get me some clothes. So she's out buying me like a Perry Ellis coat. And I skip the radio show, and the one day I skip, they, there ends up being like this big fist fight between my show and the other show, oh, and they kick us off the radio. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, it kind of sucked, but like right. it's funny now. I got a green jacket out of it. It was hard <laughs> as hell. It was like a green down Perry Ellis coat. It's funny. I had a homeboy like that. I'm not gonna put his name out there, but but like he only dated white girls with money, and he would just always come up. Yeah, man, like that was like that was know, his thing. It's just weird, like in a lot of like in middle America. I don't know, maybe all over the place. Like I don't know, like if I if I see like a fat white girl with a fucking like smoking a cool or some <laughs> shit like that and a sunfire, you know what's good. I know that she's paying some brother's fucking phone bill, dude. Right. Like I know it already. Oh my gosh, yeah. I just, I know that broad. Yeah, with a little fucking Jaden running around. <laughs> I know you. I met you a thousand fucking times. And Pontiac, like I know you. That's hilarious. Please, so yeah, um, that's. I always like music. I didn't. I came out here to act. I wasn't good at acting. Everything that made me good at <clears throat> Jenny Jones made me bad at auditions. Right. Sure. Um, I, they'd send me out for a lot of street shit, and at the time it was like mostly like non-street dudes writing street yeah. shit. Oh right. Yeah. So I come in and I'm like. Man, let me read this. I'm like, this sound lame as hell. <laughs> like, you need to change this to this. Did that upset them? I got, I, I was banned. I was yeah. like, I got kicked out of like shit. They're like, thank no, they you very much. They didn't know how to use you to their advantage. I was a fucking idiot. I should have kept my mouth shut. Like, it doesn't matter if you're right. Just get the goddamn job, Jude. Like, so. Okay, so yeah, then, then in that right. instance, that's where honesty can really be. Yeah, keep tough. that that Dave Chappelle shit. When keeping it real goes wrong, like that was me. I was oh just fucking up. I would go in there and fuck up. Right. So right. I'm like starving. Um, Jenny Jones, they canceled Jenny Jones. I got no more money. I'm out here. I've been out here for a few years just grinding. I've been really able to really get ahead. My my personality's been fucking it up for me. Um, mm -hmm. And also, and then they ran them, the fucking planes into the building, so everybody turned into giant vaginas. Remember, everybody turned into pussies yeah, for like right. three years. Yeah. Yeah, it was real no, nice. It was crazy. I couldn't get a fucking job, dude. Like, suddenly, all, that, all them jokes, all the humor that they right. thought was funny, right. everybody's real soft, man. Yeah. Like, so, so. Do you think that, I mean, there's a lot of talk now about how, especially on the, well, I think on both sides, but especially on the liberal side, like it's awful. Everybody's so sensitive about every damn thing. Mm -hmm. right? It's McCarthyism right now, and it's like they're trying to control the way I talk instead of just watching the way I act. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what? <clears throat> do, you, do you think that that's uh, related to nine eleven? 
I think just this new group of kids are bitches, mm. Mm. and this is the reflection of what they've been. Like, is are we really being nice? Like, is it really like? Are you really like? Is me not calling a, a tranny a fucking tranny? Does that get them a new? bathroom you know what i mean like do you got your own special bathroom off of me fucking saying transgender now like fuck out of here dude you're not a girl you're your own thing i'll fucking hey you're your own thing but you'll never know what it's like to have a period you'll never know what it's like to have the fucking that that time that that clock ticking in the back of your head like i can't have a fucking kid you'll never know what those hormones are and the same is like a lesbian can grow a fucking beard but she'll never know what it's like to have some nuts Mm -hmm. she'll never know what it's like to look at a chick and be like i want to get her fucking pregnant and never call her again (laughs) she'll never fucking know that shit She'll never know what it is to be caveman. Right. And you got like some caveman in you and you got to fight that shit. <laughs> She'll never, ever know. You can wear all the fucking Tims and goddamn hoodies you want and put on a fucking beard. That's cool. You're your own thing, but you're not a man. Right. Right. So, but like, that's not a popular thing to say. It's smart as far as I'm concerned. It seems logical. Like it's, it's backed up by fucking science. Right. But it's not popular because right, these people, people are, are bitch made. You guys are fucking bitch made, dude. I got a homeboy that's a teacher in the Bay, and uh, he teaches high school. And they said that he was telling me that, like, they're banning brands, you know, certain brands at school because it makes the kids that can't afford those brands feel bad. That it's like a, they, they call it a, it's like a microaggression. That's, dude. I think they had some shit at Duke where it was like they had somebody talking about like preventing date rape on campus. I'm paraphrasing here. And they had like a room for people to go hug teddy bears because somebody was there to talk about rape. Not even, they weren't raping. They just had somebody there to tell people not to rape. And then they had a fucking room with teddy bears. We came from Vikings, y'all. Like, this is what we've become. Like,. We came from fucking Vikings. Like, we were warriors, all of us. Every last breed of us. We was some fucking Gs. And now look at us. We hugging teddy bears because of words. <laughs> yeah, it's it, crazy. It's mind-blowing. But I don't give a fuck. You just kind of skate through, and you can run them dumb little motherfuckers. Like, they soft. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they're soft as fuck. Right. They're just soft, dude. Yeah. So... All this is pre-calculated, y'all. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm saying when I'm saying it. <laughs> Well, talk about that a little bit because, you know, I know, um, you know, like you said, you're, you know, on the one hand, I think you're you're very honest and open about shit you've been through. You know, there's some limits to that. Yeah, but, there's free speech, but then some shit will get you fucking fired. So you got to shut the fuck up at certain Well, points. so don't take this the wrong way, but, but how much of Rude Jude is a character? It's just me turned up, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's me turned up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's how I feel. Yeah coming from a real place but sure. i also realize i'm on the microphone i also realize i'm on the mic right now like right. so well nobody listens to this show so you can just say whatever you want. they'll fucking find it you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. cats will find it yeah like no nah, i'm just playing we have all right millions or at least hundreds of listeners that's a big that's somewhere a big uh that's a big hey man i'm gonna tell like you we are we are somewhere million. in the middle there right somewhere between in between I know that feeling, man. When I first started, I was like, it's like my mom listening, and that's it, and yeah. like four truckers, and they just keep calling me out and telling me I'm a bitch. Like, it's, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> if you want to call up and tell Rude Jude he's a bitch, yeah. we don't have a phone line, but uh, hit well, us on Twitter, Twitter. at Rebel Twitter. Radio Net, and you can tell Rude Jude he's a bitch. Is this live right now? Is this no, no, no. Oh. No, it's, 
So I'll have to hear about me being a bitch like Yeah, in yeah, a that'll days. be in uh, December. Jesus fucking Christ. We try to we try to make it last, you know. Oh my god. I'll probably you, regret half the shit I say by the summer. So was Fuck. was it all uh trial and error? Did you have mentors uh-uh. that helped you along no. the way? No, I didn't have mentors. Okay. It sucked, you know. It really sucks. It sucks to not have a mentor. I, and I think about that. Like my grandmother, I would I would turn to her. Yeah. So a lot of people I would look at um, as examples of what not to do, to what, to learn from mistakes. Yeah. But as far as like somebody guiding me through, I just didn't have that. And I still don't have that. Mm-hmm. And even at pushing 40, I could use that. I just don't have it. Yeah. Um, so like if, if someone is around you and they're willing to put you up on game, like fucking soak that shit mm-hmm. up. Like soak it up. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember doing a Jenny Jones show. She never tried to mentor me, but she was so far out of like she started off as a stand up comedian. So mm. she would throw me fucking jokes. I went and I'd miss them. I went back and watched the watched tapes from like ten years ago and I'm like, God damn it, she threw me three jokes that I just fucking ignored. Right. Um you know, it's it you you I wish I wish somebody would I wish you would have pulled me aside and be like, hey man, when I do this, that means you need to do that. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I hit her so, up and apologize. I'm like, Jesus, sorry for fucking up those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you learn then uh, to to kind of like pick that shit up along the way? Like, if there's no one handing you the knowledge, right? Yeah, I guess it's that adapt or die shit. Like, yeah. you figure it out or you don't figure yeah. it out. No, one hundred percent. You get it or you don't get it. Yeah. And if you, you know, and if, and sometimes if you're, if you don't understand it, that's the difference between you having a good job or a shitty job or, you know, like I'm lucky enough to, to learn as I go. And I still do dumb ass things, you know, I'm still a fucking idiot, but. Of course. But you get the opportunity to continue to be an idiot and that's. Yeah. That's maybe uh, one definition of success. I guess, you know, like, yeah, I guess, you know, success is. Well, how, everybody's how idea was how is, successful are you? What does that mean? Like, how successful am I? Like, I'm a self-made dude that has accomplished a bunch so far. I probably could have accomplished more had I been smarter, but I'm doing the best I can. So, like, I wanted to do that book. I did the book. Um, is there another book? Yeah, there is another book. I'm writing it right now. I'm writing another book right now. I didn't think I was going to be able to either because that book took a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's another book re- coming out. I don't know. It should be done in like, I'm tearing through it right now. I'm probably have about 10, 13 stories that, that book's like 40 stories long. So mm-hmm. I'm a quarter of the way through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who knows how many of those stories will actually stay or sure. go. Yeah. Of course. Um, but I'm. I'd I'd hope to be done with it in like a year or so. So what? So how does it change? You know, as you get more successful, you know, the HBO show, a second mm-hmm. book, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, the stakes get higher. I don't know. Well, do they? You know what I mean? Like, do they get higher? Like, I feel like the stakes me. are pretty high right now. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the stakes are high. Like, I'm doing all this shit, but like, I still live in a fucking apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, like. That's pretty high stakes. I, I'm like, 
I got I got a very popular rap show. I'm on HBO or I'm, I got to deal with HBO. I got a fucking book out. I live in an apartment. If I fuck up, I'm out on the street. Right. I think that those stakes are high. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, let me get some fucking money. I'll fucking let me see what some money. I've never owned shit. Like, let me own something. Yeah. Let me fucking own something. I'll be stoked, dude. Yeah. I might be able to, like, just <sighs> take a breath and be like, okay. I want, like, it's like the like my, my parents don't have fucking houses. You know, mm-hmm. I want to make sure they're good, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even, dog, like, for you, I didn't even know what the fuck my dad did. He was like uh, Tommy, you know, from fucking Martin. Like, what the fuck yeah. is your job, dude? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you get money? Right. right. So, so, so how, I feel the uh, pressure right now. I don't. I don't think I'll feel, and I'm sure the pressure will build. But like, that's what we're. That's what we're built for. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. But how necessary is that pressure? If you're comfortable, you're not growing. Okay. You know what I mean? If you want to keep growing, right. keep being uncomfortable. Keep putting yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable. They asked me, did I want to go do some stand-up? I'm fucking scared as hell of stand-up, but I said, okay, I'll go do it, and I went and told one of my stories. I didn't do it again. I didn't like it, but I made myself go do it because I knew I was afraid of it. Right. You got to go do shit you don't like to do. That's super scary. Yeah. It is, right? I'm like, fuck, dude. I hope they like me. You know, like, this is hard. Well, so so with that in mind, right, like you said, the first book, you know, you were were scared. Yeah. But what's the reaction going to be? Does that feeling change for the second book? Because it's, no, it's a, it's a different kind of scare because now it's like this is what they expect, and I'm right. going to give you something different. Yeah, mm. it's not going to be all jokes. It's going to be a bleaker portrait of life, and there's going to be some. It's to me, it's it, to me, it's redundant. It's over and over again. But that's the whole point. Like life yeah. are these loops right. where you're just trying to figure it out, and you keep doing the same shit over and over and right. over again. And that's what this next book's going to be. Yeah. And some might say like, "Oh, that's a cop out because you're not you're not going different places." I don't. This is my life. Sorry, my life's a fucking cop out. Like, I'm not going to rehab anytime soon. I can't write about that. I can just yeah. keep writing about like doing shitty drugs and fucking chicks I don't like, <laughs> and maybe I'll like meet some girl that I do like and I can write about that. But that's not where I'm at right now. Right. So it looks like you're gonna get this in the fucking book. <laughs> and if you don't like it, go write your own book or go live your own fucking life. Right. Sure. I like it. There you go. Um, I talked a little bit more about beef. You know, we talked about Mayweather. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you operate in a world that, uh, you know, with, with the rap show where I think there's a, you know, rap, the rap game kind of has its own rules of political correctness. Yeah. And there's a lot of shit that, you know, goes unspoken uh, or is kind of behind closed doors. I think, you know, rappers, the stereotype as a rapper is that, you know, he's very outspoken, he speaks his mind. But I think there's a that's false in a lot of ways. Okay, so rappers and thugs and gangsters are some of the most fragile motherfuckers you right. ever... Like, yeah. who else can shoot somebody over stepping on your their shoes? You know right. what I mean? Like, or you... Like... Yeah, businessmen don't do that. Businessmen are like, you stepped on my fucking Allen Edmonds, and I challenge you to a duel. Like, <laughs> that shit doesn't happen. But like, so it's like you're walking on eggshells with these dudes. I just, I, that's why. I, that's another. I don't listen to the music. I'm not really friends with any of those people. Uh-huh. Yeah. That way, I can just fucking like. I, they usually don't know what I look like. Now I'm sure. You know, now they do. Now they do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. does that scare you? 
I don't know. I've been threatened a couple of times. Like, not, and like, I can't even remember like, you know, the times. But like, I, I'll tell you what. I'm a pretty, I'm pretty fucking fair, and I'm honest. Right. And uh, like, I don't go out of my, you know, I'll say some shit is corny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like that Meek Mill shit. Like I thought that was fucking awful. You know, it like it was awful. It was, was right. It was yeah. terrible. And I don't. I'm not. You know, that's not my world. But like, I was just like, who does this? Like, like don't, we have better things to do. Right. Like, what are you mad about? And why did you drop that yeah. bullshit? Not. Does that mean I can't go to Philly? Maybe. I don't know. But I right. fuck Philly. Like yeah, I don't, don't go care. to Philly anyway. What, so have you met any guys where you're like, oh, I'm never gonna fuck with that guy. He's just way too gangster. <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of those dudes. Right, really? Yeah, like a bunch of them dudes are We had a conversation with AMG, and we were like, you know, how many of those guys are really gangster? And he's like, it's all a show, you know? Like, it's not really what it is, you know? But so then I guess some of them are, but nowadays, are there there really gangsters today? Are there any? Well, the thing is this. It's like, just even if the rapper is soft as fuck, like, his entourage isn't. Like, here's, not all all (laughs) the time, but like, look at, like, here are some grown ass men <laughs> that have nothing else to do but like follow somebody else around. Like they clearly don't have a job or anything to lose, so they yeah. might go fuck you up over some dumb shit. Especially right. if you're disrespecting their meal ticket. Yeah, for sure. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, and I'm not gonna say a rapper's name, but like yeah, there's yeah. been stories where it's like, hey man, what's uh, it happened with the fucking uh, one of the guys that was working on our station. He was like. A rapper was like, hey, man, what's up, man? You ain't been playing my tape or been playing my song. I just dated myself. I'm fucking, I was born in the 70s, right? You ain't been playing my song. And and the guy was like, the guy answered back. He was like, yeah, I didn't really like the hook. I thought it was a little corny, blah, 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 blah. He was like, oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. He's like, come here. I want to show you something. And he walked him out to his car, to his Cadillac. He opened the trunk, and the trunk was covered with plastic. And that's all he had to tell him. And then... Mm-hmm. The song got played a little bit more. Right. So, like, is that a show or not? I don't know, but, like, <laughs> right. you want to roll the fucking, play the fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like half the other songs anyway, so, yeah, yeah, yeah fucking play it. Right. Like, hey, good song. Yeah, for sure. That's why I stay I stay out of that shit, you know? Right. Yeah. But okay. n- that's not everybody, and this is this is a guy that, that's, you know, a lot of these guys, the real gangster motherfuckers, have a hard time getting, getting big contracts because they are so fucking hood because right. the businessmen don't want to fuck with them yeah. like yeah so that's why i listen to a lot of detroit shit because like i like peasy and doughboys cash out and like a lot of them dudes are doing like in prison right now while their albums are out i'm mm-hmm. like okay they're definitely official you know what i mean artistic level right they're just doing what they want to do they're They're not trying to fit into some system they're sincere about their shit even if you look at it and you're like jesus christ they're they keep rapping about fendi belts but like they really like fendi belts you know a lot of these cats out here they do everything with a wink right or like are they're very derivative of the next guy Mm -hmm. uh so i find that boring right 
there's rappers out that are good, you know what I mean? But I just don't go to spots where it's being, I don't go out to clubs. I don't, mm-hmm. it's, sure. my lifestyle doesn't reflect rap music. I, I have neighbors, I can't be banging fucking rap all the goddamn time. It's mm-hmm. bass heavy, they cuss a lot. I live around grown-ups in a nice fucking neighborhood. They're not for that. So right. so where I might have been listening to rap, now I'm listening to jazz and Fleetwood Mac. You know, it's right. just... Have there been, uh, have there been, you know, any, any, I don't know, highlights or like, uh, you know, is there a best day on, on the show? That, on like, my people, show? Yeah. The shortest day. Like, it's a fucking job, dog. Like, any day, if I can get out early, that is the best day on the show. No, but I'm talking about either, you know, guests you've had on or oh. people you got to meet or something like that. I don't know, man. Like, I always... I got to talk to Ron Isley. That was awesome. Burt Bacharach. That was awesome. We also talked to our our show Sway. He's he does a morning show and mm-hmm. he really he they just do a hell of a job booking. They do they get all the big people. He's he's well known from MTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gets the big name guests. I don't even try to get the big fucking name guests. Like, sure. Yo, it's like trying to run with Hussein Bolt. Like, it just is not going to happen. That's Sway's deal. So my right. fucking, you got to figure out what your shit is. Like, okay, that's his shit. I got to get him where I fit in. I can't get the big guess. What are you going to do? Well, I got a guy that like had, was in a documentary about falling in love with a dolphin and then fucking the dolphin. So I'm talking to a dolphin fucker while Sway's <laughs> talking to, like, a big name artist. Sure. Like, I get the dolphin fuck shit, and I'm fine with that, dude. Like, I'm cool. I actually find the dolphin fucker way more interesting than any fucking Kardashian or, or yeah. somebody that's famous for just being famous. Right. So Well, that's the thing. I mean, we just had uh, Stretch and Bobito on the show. Yeah. And, you know, we saw their movie, and, and I know you do the show with Lord Sear, who was, who's part of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think they, like, they were in a similar situation. They were on a shitty college radio station from 1 to 5 in the morning. Yeah. You know, they didn't have Hot 97, you know, WBLS resources to get all the big guests, but, you know, they just played to their strengths, mm-hmm. which is like we're going to get cats on that maybe – aren't famous but they're they're blowing up in the streets right now that are going to give us you know unrehearsed unlike programmed they're going to give us the raw shit no yeah just everybody has a strength everybody has a fucking special strength yeah i'm a white guy on rap on a rap station now if you're a fuck boy that's going to work against you all right if you're like a fucking lame that's going to work against you right but I'm not a fucking lame. I figured out like, okay, I can use my whiteness to to fucking catch people off guard. <laughs> um, like I dress like this. It's like, you, I remember j- the first time I interviewed Jay Z. He thought he was getting punked. Right. He was like looking around. He's like, what the f- you, you, like this is weird as fuck. And then I, I knew my shit. Right. Like I knew my shit. Yeah. I grew up on this shit. Right. So like I use that to my fucking advantage. Like everybody has that. Like women and women on radio can ask tougher questions. Yeah. They can ask some grimy shit to a fucking dude that I can't get away with. Like know that shit. Like pretty people have have more advantages. Everybody has an advantage. Figure that shit out and leverage it. Every fucking you ain't got no feet. You got an advantage. You can cre- like everybody has. Their, yeah. You just gotta. It's like X Men characters, man. You just gotta figure out your shit and work right. it. It's true. That's all, man. Yeah. Like, I'm the crazy, don't give a fuck white dude. I know that shit. That looks like a fucking uh, pedophile. <laughs> I know that shit. It works for me. I, I, I fucking, 
trust me, I leverage it as much as possible. So how conscious are you of that in, in your, you know, in your everyday career? In my, I'm extremely conscious of it. It's like, yo, that's, that's my blueprint. That's where I'm going from. And that's right. where I work from. Yeah. But you also got to, with your strengths, you also got to know your weaknesses. There's certain things that I might say, it might be the exact truth, but if coming out of my head, you're not going to listen to it the same way because it is coming out of my head. Mm -hmm. So you got to be aware of that. So just being self-aware and kind of knowing where you are in the room, how right. you fit in, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a gift. And, and it, all you have to do is kind of stop, look, and study. That's it. You know, like... I'm sure you know your strengths. I'm sure you know your strengths. Like, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. It's, sometimes you you know you get out of lane a little bit, and you got to get, you know, you need know. that lane departure uh -huh. warning system. Oh my God, yeah, and that's it too. Your strengths are your weaknesses. Like, right. Everything that makes me awesome on the air, I go and fucking have a meeting with my bosses, and they want to kill me. They're like, "What are you fucking? You talking to me like that right now?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, sorry." Didn't mean that. Let's walk it back, guys. Right. I'm sure we didn't mean what we said. <laughs> like, literally, they're, they're not returning my emails right now. Like, they're right. fucking mad at me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's... So, our, sometimes our, our, biggest, our biggest strengths are our biggest weaknesses. And it's just learning how to fucking... What is this? Control it or mm -hmm. whatever the word is. I, I want to say bridle, but I don't think that's it. No, I, I know what you mean. Let me look it up. Rain it in. Google. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so saddle it. <laughs> so with that in mind, though, you oh, know, uh, your bosses like there's a reason they keep you on the air. Yeah, our right? show is successful. Okay. Yeah. Um. So do you? You know, is there something that maybe they see in you that kind of? Uh, no. Okay. No, like. Paul Rosenberg took a chance on me, and I appreciate that. And yeah. he saw it, and maybe the bosses see it, but I never get picked because somebody making a decision is like, I got a feeling about that guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never, ever been picked because they're like, I got a feeling about that guy. It's right. always the people that are like, we fuck with him, and they're like, oh, they fuck with him? All right, you can have him. Right. Right. I'm not a very safe choice, to be <laughs> quite frank with right. you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the easiest choice. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why I self-published my book. Right. Jenny Jones people didn't say, hey, we got a feeling about him. Right. I went on the show and the phone lines blew up. Right. right. Eminem picked me, and he was like fucking one of the guys watching Jenny Jones. He wasn't a decision maker at the time when he discovered me. That It was, it was right. after the fact. Mm -hmm. so, so bosses don't fuck with me. Right. You know? So uh, when you're looking for opportunities, how do you, how do you like, work that? I'm aware of it, and I make my own opportunities. I magic that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I fucking make my own shit. It sucks yeah. waiting for some. Right. Like, if I wait for somebody to choose me, I'll be starving. Right, now. But I that's think that's true. a good, you know, I mean, I can see why M liked you. Yeah, I mean, like. Right, because I think he he would probably say the same things. That's right. You know, about his career. And, you know, some people, some people it's not going to be like that for them. Like, some people, it's not going to be like that for them. But, like, other people, you really got to grind and go after it and get it mm -hmm. and sacrifice. Like, you know, I'm sitting over here talking to you about all these projects that I'm doing and stuff like that. But, like, I got a shitty relationship with my daughter. I'm We're, we're cool, but, like, I didn't raise my daughter. Right. I sacrificed that. I don't have a fucking girl because because I'm so goddamn grimy and shit. Like, like really? 
what fucking self-respecting girl is gonna fuck with me right now? Right. You know, like it's gonna be. It's, I'm not easy. I'm not. I'm not the easiest fucking guy to be with. Right. I, I do it. I'm a shock jock on a radio show. It's hard. You know, like I've sacrificed a bunch of shit to get where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Like so, everybody wants. Every, like a lot of catchers, they want everything and they don't want to give up anything. That's and, true. and what they end up doing is they sit on a, they sit on the couch and talk shit about it. Right. Yeah. You got to, like, sometimes you got to give up things to go get it. And, like, when I look back, I'm like, was it worth it? I don't know. I don't know if it was worth it or not. I can't tell you. I, I don't know. I Like, I went to go see my daughter, and it was, you know, it was crazy. Like, she's, she's like, she's in another, another state. Right. I'm watching yeah, her with her friends. I never see her with her friends. This is a foreign thing to me. This is fucking... And it, like, yeah, I'm doing good, but it's it's kind of like it was rocking me. It's like, damn, dude, like, right. I didn't get to watch my kid grow up, right. and mm -hmm. I chose that. I chose not to watch my kid grow up. It wasn't like, mm -hmm. and she didn't get to grow up with a dad. Mm -hmm. So you can have what you want. You just got to be willing to pay for it. And sometimes that price is really high. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I like turtles. <laughs> like <laughs> this shit got too deep. Let's lighten no, it up. I like but it. You I like it. No, uh, no. Well, I, you know, you you mentioned, you know, you describe yourself as a shock jock, and I heard you on Howard. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, similarities in some ways, and a lot of differences. Yeah. Obviously, um, you know, was he influential? To oh my you god, he was the realest shit ever. Like Howard came to like Michigan. I started hearing him when I was like 18 or 19 or some yeah. shit. And I was working midnight shifts at a factory, and then I would, I would listen to Love Lines, books on tape, and then Howard. And I knew that when Howard came on, I was getting off of work, and I'd have like an hour listening to Stern. And then I, I also washed windows, so I'd go clean windows after work, and I'd be out there listening to Stern. Mm -hmm. And during all of this, I had been on Jenny Jones, and in my brain, I'm like, that was worthy of going on Howard Stern. Like I had a nice little name for myself. I should be on Howard Stern. And I always dreamed about being on Howard Stern, man. Like, that was my fucking shit. And I loved, I he, there was an honesty and a vulnerability that he showed that actually uh, there was strength in it. And, mm -hmm. I, and that was something similar with me. And I really, I really, um, I credit Howard Stern for that. Like, it wasn't like I got it from him, but mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh, that is a strength. Like that is his honesty is a strength. His vulnerability shows strength. Yeah. I can do that as well. So I that was one of the reasons why people like me on Jenny Jones. I would talk shit about a motherfucker, but I knew I wasn't shit too, you know? Like I know where I'm ugly. I know, I know I'm going bald. I know I got a big ass nose. I know I got hair on my back. Shit, I could probably blaze me better than you could blaze me, but right. I'm gonna blaze you too. You know, right. we could blaze, you know, we'll sit I right. I'll, I'll make us both cry. Like <laughs> you know, and and uh, and there's a strength in that. Uh, and I got that from Howard. And the funny thing is, when I got the job on the radio, I stopped listening to Howard Stern. Is that right? Fuck yeah, dude. On purpose. Yes. I didn't want to bite his style. Right. Yeah. I didn't listen. Yeah. I don't listen to any of any contemporaries. And there's people out there that do a really good job, like the uh, the Breakfast Club and mm -hmm. uh, um, fucking. Like, just a gang of, uh, I, I don't know, uh, like, Sway I don't listen to. I don't listen to fucking anybody mm -hmm. because I don't want to bite their style. Right. Mm -hmm. 
I got to have my own style. And if we both come to something or if we're both doing the same thing, I need to know that it came to me organically just like it came to them. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be fucking jacking their shit. Sure. So I listen to goddamn, like, I listen to podcasts about history and shit. What, yeah. do you, what podcast? Uh, hardcore, hardcore History. Yeah. Okay. That's a big one. That's the shit, man. Yeah. Like, talking about the Mongols and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> I listen to goddamn NPR. I listen to Radio Lab. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I listen to all of those. Yeah, that's the shit I listen to because it's like it's stuff that I can learn from that I don't that even if I bite off of them, we're so fucking far removed right. Right. that I'll be able to do my own thing. I'll put my own spin on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then you were podcasting for a while, right? Yeah, I was doing the uh, the Farrelly show with this rapper um, from Binary Star named uh, Sanaim Silla. He and I grew up together. Okay. So yeah, that was we ended up doing that for like two years, a year and a half. Why'd you stop? I got the con- I got a new contract with Sirius. They told mm-hmm. me to chill that shit out. So okay. I was like, all right. Yeah, I saw one of the episodes. Like, had now there's some girls hosting it. Yes, yeah, like his wife and another woman. Okay. That that was that used to come on as a guest. So was that? I haven't heard the new stuff yet either. So yeah, I'd never listen to my shit either. Like I. Sure. Why would I don't want to hear myself? Yeah. You know. With was making a podcast different than. Uh, the pacing, the pacing is different. Also, I do, I do, um, I do a radio show on a fucking. I do my shows on a on a music channel, so right. there's always this sense of urgency in the breaks because I know that we have to go to music. It's I never feel comfortable talking that long mm-hmm. because it's a music channel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, with with the podcast, the pacing is a bit slower, and some people like it, other people don't. You know what I mean? Some people are used to that fucking. Mm-hmm. They're getting a lot of laughs per minute when right. they listen to the all out show, but that shit is tiring. I like I like a slower pace. I like to like let shit build, ebb and flow, like stuff like so I actually prefer a talk format. Mm-hmm. Um the mu- the music based shit is more like you're doing sprints, you rest. You do a sprint, you rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm, you know, look, man. I don't know where I'm gonna be ultimately. Uh, ultimately, uh, ulti- ideally, uh, I would love to do a really strong talk show. Like that's my, ideally, I like think. Like a TV mm-hmm. talk show. No, like radio talk, or uh-huh. uh, I'd be into doing television as well. I don't know where that's at. You know, you know, I don't know where that's at, and I don't know if that can exist on Shade Forty Five. So right now, my main goal is just to make sure that the Shade Forty Five shit is popping. You know, right. and worry about that other shit long term mm-hmm. yeah just be patient it's like any for cats that are going through a thing like just make a plan anything is tolerable as long as you have a fucking plan and you're right. executing it while you're doing your fucking job that you hate just make a fucking plan dude right it really it's your light at the end of the tunnel it yeah. is like it suddenly that motherfucker that you that, that sits next to you it smells like shit that's always going you know like Fucking, you know, like every like the person you got to fucking deal with at work, your boss is getting on. If you got a fucking plan, yeah, it takes the edge off. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. manage it. Yeah. So, um, you know, are what's? I mean, I heard you say this that this your radio show is like a job. It's a job. Um, but what are you really passionate about? Look, I'm passionate about my radio show. I just like to do things well. You like even to the even like at the end of the day, like if I feel you're doing something five days a week, some days are gonna be better than other days. Some days are gonna fucking suck ass, and you're just dragging through, and you're like, why are these jokes not hitting? 
it's like watching it's like watching the NBA or something like that. Like some ga- some people have flat games. Mm-hmm. It's the same for it's the same for the radio show. So I'm passionate about my radio show. Um, I anything I do I do passionately. Like I want to learn how to play backgammon. I fucking could, I'll whoop your ass in backgammon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wanted to learn how to write a book. I wrote the fuck out of a goddamn book. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like anything I do, you got to do that shit a hundred percent. Like I don't give a f- yo. My poles at the strip club were clean as fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like no, everything yeah, I did. Like just a. Pr- I think I think if you're gonna do something, yeah, you gotta go. Yeah. All in. You really gotta approach it like that. Really yeah. gotta approach it like that. But also, here's the deal. You also have to be aware of like, okay, man what's really important mm-hmm. so and what what's expected from you so like don't give all your heart to some shit if you know that you're not going to get a high return mm-hmm. either you know what i mean you have to temper that you like okay i'm going to get a higher return from this i'm going to pour everything into this right. i'll try hard over here i got pride in it but this is my baby yeah you just got to know what where your priorities lay so what would feel like selling out to you nothing Nothing feels like, what lying maybe I don't know but if you pay me enough I'll fucking lie you know like what does it fucking matter dude like I'm talking out of songs I don't even like okay like right. I've been selling out yeah. you know what I mean like okay. I've been like what the f- I don't know I, dressing like a chicken I don't know what the fuck selling out is like yeah. I honestly don't know <laughs> okay like that sellout shit. And it's already far, it's already, like, what? Like, these rappers have been doing fucking, Karis One was doing shit for Sprite, dude. Right. Give me a fucking break. This whole idea of selling out. Right. So you're saying everything has a price. I I believe so. Like, it, I don't know, I don't know what it would be for me that would make it where I can't look at myself in 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 the face, in the mirror. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I don't know what it would be. I don't know what it would be. I don't mm-hmm. think I, I don't think I'd be offered anything mm-hmm. that. I would, f- that I would feel like I'm what have, selling well, out. What have you said no to? Nothing. Wow. I don't get offered shit, dude. Like, I'm Guys, surprised. Yeah. Come on now. I don't get offered anything. Like, I don't know, maybe like endorsing some fucking asshole for president. I would feel, like, I remember I didn't, I, I, would, I grow up, I grew up, I hated the fucking Beach Boys because they were like playing with uh, uh-huh. Ronald Reagan when I was little. I was like, that's yeah. corny as fuck. <laughs> And I had to go back and like hear their 70s drugged out shit. I was like, all right, that's pretty fucking cool. But, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, like selling out. Look, man, yeah, I'm not going to lie and be like, say I'm into some shit that I'm not into. But, and and like people try to get, people have tried to give me money to play music and Mm -hmm. I won't do it, you know? Right. Um, that's more, I mean, that's I guess that's like, like, you just got to keep your, whatever. Not that people don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, you have to know what's valuable to you. I know that my word is valuable to me. And even if fucking, I don't drink, even if Hennessy came and gave me some money, I would find a way to sell fucking Hennessy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sure. Yeah. If I did drink, I'd drink this pancake syrup, Hennessy. <laughs> Very popular in Detroit. I wear I drink it with my gators. Like, that would, boom. Like, right. I would find a way. Yeah. Right. Because, like, that whole selling out shit, like, all this... Ideal, all these ideals and stuff, and that's for people whose whose parents are still paying their cell phone bill. Like you get out in the real fucking world, and you gotta you gotta right. you gotta pay your own goddamn rent. You gotta make your own way. Like I got all these hippie cousins. I got all these ideas. Yeah, their parents pay their bills. Right. It's easy to have ideas sure. and fucking principles when your parents are paying your bills. You're eating off the system that you hate. Yeah, fuck off. Well, that was kind of the the uh, 
whole hypocrisy of of hippies period right is that it was a it was a middle class yeah it's basically yeah and it's the same shit like predominantly middle class and then they end up being the bosses anyway and Mm -hmm. if hipsters and yuppies it's the same deal it's the same thing just new clothes Mm -hmm. and i've worked very hard to be a hipster yuppie like i've i've scratched and clawed and grinded and i am now a hipster yuppie and i've fucking worked my ass off to get it sure so I wish these hipster yuppie chicks would just mate with me. You know what I mean? Just fucking mate with me. Like, I'm wearing the right shoes, goddammit. For fuck's sakes. So, Ruju, thanks for being here, man. Let I me plug my you. fucking audio book. Dude, That's I want to hear about for. all of it. Hi, uh, hyenagohard.com. I don't make no money off those goddamn books. I don't make no fucking money. Go steal the book. I don't give. Go steal the fucking book from Barnes and Nobles, but buy the audio book. It's HyenaGoHard.com. That's the only shit I'm making money off of. HyenaGoHard.com. And where do we find you online? HyenaGoHard.com. Okay. Like yo, that's the only. That's the only shit that matters to me. HyenaGoHard.com. Buy that shit. Dope. Like, for um, real. Let's do it. Before we end, can we get uh, an answer to a Twitter question? Yeah. Sure. Um, okay, I'm going to turn this into a two-part. And I'm also going to videotape you just to be creepy. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are your three favorite hip-hop albums from the past and today? Three favorite hip-hop albums from the past and today. Jesus Christ. Fuck that's um shit that got a lot of play. I'll just and I'm just going off the top of my head. Um like my Saturday music in the mid in the early 90s was like Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. I thought that was really fucking clever uh, at the time it was it was a really new sound. It was kind of doing their own thing. I guess Souls of Mischief could have been put in the same category. Uh, either one of those, those were my shit. Uh, Ghetto Boys Till Death Do Us Part, that was when Willie D left and no people weren't sure if that Ghetto Boys was gonna be really good or not and uh, Big Mike came in, he used to be with the Convicts and he came in and did some, he, he took Willie D's place and that album's just the shit. The beats are awesome. Um, there's a great song, you know, like there's a great Dead Homies song on there, Six Feet Deep. Fucking uh, straight gangsterisms on there. It ain't shit. Like that's that's my jam. I love Scarface, uh, Pac, Me Against the World, is fucking the shit. Like Outlaw is. I just fucking love Outlaw. I remember listening to Me Against the World with my homeboy Loke and his boys uh, and and his mom's Thunderbird. We smoked Black and Miles and uh, listen to Death Around the Corner on repeat. And the funny thing was, I was like an East Coast cat at the time. All my friends listened to fucking West Coast and Southern and gangster rap, and I'd be like, no, man, Nas. So they'd make me listen to that shit, and i pretend like I didn't like it. But man, I see, I knew all the words, man. <laughs> and then finally, like, I was just like, fuck it, I like, I like Pac, you know? Like, cause when it was, the, it was time for the fucking thing, I was like, I'm rolling with the East Coast, because I believed off all that fucking East Coast media if if y'all East Coast motherfuckers would stop like riding your own dicks, you might come up with an original idea. You ain't done shit dope since the nineties. 
you low fucking like there's 10 million people in your city think about it per capita how whack you are you're such an underachieving ass city you fucking oh, lames and then you can't say oh we invented rap fucking 40 years ago what have you done lately nothing shit if the fucking south didn't give you a style to run with i do like about a week ago i do like that song i don't i don't listen to new shit this is this is uh the new shit i've been on is like i drink ghb and listen to brian eno uh <laughs> here come the warm jets uh i wrote that that book this book right here i wrote this off of i was i was uh everything i did on this book was I listened to classic albums so that I could figure out the structure of my story so they, they could flow like a classic album because much like songs that could exist on their own, they work better with the lead-in song and the yeah. song behind it. So I tried to I tried to ape that. So, so what album? Fleetwood Mac Rumors, Scarface the Diary, Outkast Equemini, Bjork Homogenic, um, I think Debut too as well. Um, Thin Lizzy, Vagabonds of the Western World, Eagles Hotel California, Beatles Abbey Road, especially the second side. Nice. Those are the ones that really, that I really was like, I would do a bunch of ketamine and listen to that shit and just kind of try to figure out the structure. And I like Towns of Ansett a lot as well. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say it, Tupac because uh, uh, Me Against the World was definitely his best album. I thought I think it, was it awesome. got. It got overlooked after Machiavelli came out right. and all the other shit. It was great. It was a fucking awesome album. Yeah, it was really awesome. And Pac, Pac always got put into this gangster rap shit, but he wasn't really a gangster rapper. He just did rap for fucking. He mm -hmm. did rap for gangsters. Like if mm -hmm. you really listen to him, his shit is heartfelt, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like there's there's Pac will say some shit in the line that'll make you fucking think about your whole life, man. Lately, well, you know he was he was a. Uh, you know we talked about rappers being you know sort of falling into their lanes, almost being caricatures. Yeah. Right, but Pac was a whole individual, right? And so he did have his gangster shit, you know. Uh, uh, what's the name of that song? Where he was riding on... on, on uh, when I Ride on My Enemies? No. Oh. Uh, what the fuck is the name of that song? Where, where he's like... he's Fucking like every, Telling everybody fuck you. Yeah, he's like gangbanging like, on Like, fuck him. my clique and my clique's too clean. He like called him out by name. Oh. Hit him up. Hit him up. Yeah. Thank you. Was I singing the right song? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Boom. Bam, yeah. you Can did Can I get it. points for that one? I know Cassie never gets our I'm not. Fucking get all the points. Yeah. Dude, I just read your mind there on some hip-hop level. I never, <laughs> I can never do that. So, like, hit him up is some real gangster shit that's, like, more gangster than most gangster rappers, right? Yeah, because there's truth behind everything you're saying. Because it's real street right, right. shit on record. Yeah. But then, you know... And then he, he'll have some real philosophical shit, and, yeah. and he'll have some, you know, I get around, some clowning. 
yeah. you know, our dear mama is real heartfelt. And, you know, he is one of the few people that's that's multidimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas most artists, I think, like, they just do their thing and they just keep banging it over yeah. and over. I think that was I think that was one of Biggie's biggest uh, weaknesses is he didn't have the emotional depth that Pac had or Scarface yeah. had or even Jay-Z has or pretends to have. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, like... Uh, mm-hmm. Pox has a line, lately I've been really wanting baby so I could see a sh- part of me that wasn't always shady. And like, I mean, it's fucking, that's the realest shit I ever heard, man. You know, like, yeah. we all long for our lost innocence, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so many of us, is taken from us so early. So, that's why Pac is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. All right, we got a giveaway. For one lucky winner, we'll figure out how y'all win this, but mm-hmm. Hyena from Rude Jude, special uh, autograph augmented edition. <laughs> and hyenagohard.com is a place to get the audio book. Please support. Man, that was a workout. That dude... Gives it to you straight, just the way I like it. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. If you got comments, post them at Rebel Radio Net on Twitter or leave us a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes. And we'll see you next week. Later.